Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. As usual, I am super pumped to share the latest app with you. This one features a very wonderful human being by the name of Josh Reed Jones. Now, Josh is the founder of an organization called the Just Be Nice Project, which aims to create equal opportunities for all. So whether you're a 15-year-old kid who's struggling or a 55-year-old man who's struggling, it doesn't matter. It just wants equal opportunities for everyone and wants to get everyone to where they need and should be in their lives. So it's a great organization with an ambitious vision, one that Josh is working towards every single day. And it's really inspiring to see. We had an insightful chat and it was awesome learning more about Josh and his organization's work. Once you finish listening, I would encourage you to go check out the Just Be Nice project online and learn more about the work that they are doing. So cheers and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast. So today I am joined by Josh Reed Jones, who is the founder of the Just Be Nice Project, which aims to improve equality of opportunity for those in need. I'm super excited to talk to Josh about his organization and the simple concept of just being nice. So welcome, Josh. G'day, Sally. Thanks for having me. No problem. So we're recording on Zoom today as Josh is based in Melbourne and Obviously, I'm in Sydney, so that's been a bit of the way with uh, the COVID-19 situation, but I'm still happy to chat even though we can't be face-to-face. So, um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I haven't been in Sydney since, I think, January this year now. We've oh, been, wow. We've been locked down since March, so it's been, been, a, been a few months since I've been <laughs> headed north. Yeah, oh, look, hopefully sometime in the near future, but um, for now, we will just get into the episode. So, Tell us a bit about the Just Be Nice project, how it came about and what it does. Yeah, so uh, I guess it came about because my oh, the question I suppose that I've been asking for uh, my entire life has really been, you know, why don't people get the help that they need when they need it for as long as they need it, regardless of how they come to need help? Um there's little bits of help. There's, you know, there's short-term help. There's, you know, little stopgappy things. But if you are in in a bad way for sort of any reason that isn't medical, and, and we're quite fortunate in Australia to have a you know, pretty good sort of universal healthcare situation, yeah. um, the help is not there for you. Uh, it's definitely not guaranteed, and it's really a, a roll of the dice whether you're going to get the appropriate assistance uh, in the in the appropriate manner. So, the Just Be Nice project is the culmination of you know over over a decade of of trying to understand what is it about the way that we do things and and the sort of system of of social help uh, in particular uh, that is so uh, incredibly uh, i don't know full of holes and inefficient and and not doing a good job and basically was created to fill uh, to, to create an ecosystem where people will get all the help that they need when they need it for as long as they need it and improve that equality of opportunity. And so that's that's what we do. We When organisations or individuals say they want to do good, uh, we go in and we identify resources and opportunities uh, that we can then manage into outcomes for people and individuals. And we work with them until they're housed, employed and have good mental health and, and on a community level it's about removing barriers to housing employment and good mental health so 
they're the, that's predominantly the the sort of setup. Obviously, there's a fair mm. bit of sophistication that goes into all that, and there's a you know we could go on for days about all the bits mm-hmm. and pieces. But that's sort of the pretty in a nutshell kind of overview there. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about those three key areas that you just mentioned, and it is you know what the Just Be Nice project does in terms of housing, employment, and mental health. I guess a bit of background as to how and why you came to identify those as the key areas. Yeah, well, for a start, there are not really uh, organisations don't tend to have an outcome in mind uh, when Mm. we're talking about social impacts or we're talking about social service or or things like that. There are, as as it currently stands, the large majority of of organisations in the space are either single intervention or single cause uh, organization so they promote a particular kind of cause and right. they only focus on that or they only deliver one kind of intervention so you know they might drop off whatever socks for homeless people or something mm. it's like one individual intervention um, or the single cause might be oh we only look uh, an organization that only looks at say women in uh, Parramatta f- mm. you know from the Albanian community you know like and that's that's all they look at that's all mm. they deal with and then on top of that, you've got this kind of uh, dominance at the at the large end of the particularly nonprofit scale of of religious uh, based organisations, which also don't have a, a particular mandate for the people that they're helping. None of those organisations have an outcome that's focused on people getting to a certain outcome. Mm-hmm. So when we when we were looking at what what does an equality of opportunity environment look like? Well, if you're 15 and you've got a lot of promise, you're unlikely to fulfil any of that if you're unable to uh, have sort of stable infrastructure around you, which we kind of break down to being housing. Um, If you're unemployable because you haven't had developmental opportunities, you don't understand why you would need to get a job and there's no economic opportunity around you, so we need employment. And if your mental health is poor, if you're you're struggling with with addiction or anxiety or or you're just generally uh, not engaged and you don't have a a good community of human beings around you, um, Mm. then then you're likely to not actually be able to do anything else. Uh, And if you only take care of any one of those three things without taking care of the other other two yeah. and people will fall backwards so whether you're a 15 year old with lots of potential or you're a 60 year old recovering alcoholic the very base level that we need to get mm. people to is that they are housed that they are employed uh, and that they do have good mental health and in that process it's not just a, it's not only an outcomes focus um, but it's it's also points to a developmental uh, process and, and framework that we have which means that employment while the while the outcome is employment, it doesn't have to be full time, but mm. you know, gainful, meaningful, relevant, adequate employment, which for some people obviously can be part time or casual, whatever. But there's a developmental process in there that means that includes education, that includes training, that includes engagement in the process of getting a job. It's not just handing out terrible jobs to people and saying you guys should just take whatever jobs Mm. on hand it's about taking responsibility for giving people the best opportunity to develop into the relevant meaningful living wage kind of work that makes sense for them where they are and it's the same for mental health that includes Mm. physical health outcomes that includes material support it's not just all you need is a hotline to call when you're having a bad day it's making sure that these structural and environmental challenges are being mitigated so you're not left in an environment that also cultivates creates or or or, or sort of 
uh, increases poor mental health outcomes. And it's the same for housing. You know, it's a started uh, approach to, to housing interventions and infrastructure around where people live. So housing, uh, if if we if you were uh, in need of a home and we but you lived in you lived in Parramatta and we said oh we've got a place uh, for you uh, it's on the northern beaches and it's in mm. a housing commission and you're like my whole network is in Parramatta why would I want to leave everything I know and mm. everyone who I care about and the way that the system works at the moment those those things happen and yeah. they'll move you and you'll be so because we have a mandate for employment and, and engagement in the community and mental health we would never move you away from that support network just to put you in a home mm. but what we need in that in the process of housing is you need to be somewhere which allows you to get to work yes. you, need, you need you need transport you need you need to be near you know for mental health and for support informal and formal support you need to be near a network of people and institutions that you're familiar with and comfortable with that understand your situation and so when you pull all of that together, mm. it becomes the bare minimum that we should be delivering for everyone who needs a hand. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, the fancy stuff, the scholarships to Sydney <laughs> Uni or whatever, fine, that's fine, that's out of our hands. But all of those sort of cream opportunities are, are redundant if you don't deal with these fundamental issues first. Yeah, absolutely. And and when I was kind of uh, going through the the research for this episode, when I looked at, you know, the fact that you guys do housing, employment and mental health, when I really broke it down in my mind, I thought you are absolutely right. These are three fundamentals that if one is out of whack, then the rest is out of whack and they all need to talk to each other and, and measure up. So I think that's really fantastic that it's broken down in such a simple way. Um, and I, I love that you guys as you said, you'll help a 15-year-old kid, uh, you'll help a 50-year-old recovering alcoholic. It, there's no kind of um, discrimination or we only help this one set group of people. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So how does the work of the JBM project bring you joy and happiness? It's a funny, it's a funny one. This has come up a bit recently because people are obviously feeling really under the pump we've been we've been in lockdown since march so we're, we're going on seven months uh, at the moment in in lockdown not being able to go anywhere and obviously very limited social interactions and things yeah. like that and and i think people have really focused a lot on how they're feeling all the time and whether they're happy or sad or stressed or or you know feeling uh, isolated and all of these sorts of things which which is um only natural when we've got this kind of environment that we're in at the moment but mm. for me personally I <clears throat> I've had this conversation with a number of people I've never been that fussed about personally um, being happy all the time I, I, mm. I don't I don't focus on my own I suppose m mood in a in an immediate uh, sort of way um, what I've what I've sort of done I think in the in the process of a lifetime of of striving to be good and 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 good at stuff you know like excellent yeah. at things is i've really pushed that whole thing to the side in aid of uh, of of just feeling very much like i have a, a the point to what i do every day is to make sure that we get this ecosystem together and, and look after people and so along the way really fantastic things happen but the truth is this kind of work is incredibly difficult and it's mm. really it's not a happy work you know it's not yeah. it's too hard <laughs> it'd be much easier for me to start a you know a hashtag and do nothing and, mm. and not aspire to deliver help and just get in the paper and do those sort of really transactional 
you know, good optics kind yeah. of work. It's much easier. Um, so you, you, the, the things that I do, they come with incredibly high levels of financial risk. Um, always there's, there's a lot of stress. We're dealing with people at their absolute most vulnerable and, and challenging times. And things happen that are incredibly frustrating weekly. So this week, for instance, we had the federal budget come out, for instance, you know, and that's a stressful time, you know, because you see the gaps and you, you can see where people are going to fall through. And so generally speaking, it's not that I'm an unhappy person, but if, no. if I, I am very aware that if I just pushed towards the things that make me happy or like make me feel kind of joyful in the moment, mm. um, that I wouldn't be doing the most important work that I need to do. And it's actually one of my major criticisms in the space of people trying to help people is that mm. people really do lean towards the things that feel good as opposed to the things that need to be done. And, mm. and that means poor outcomes for people that need help. So, I never have a crisis of purpose, but mm. I also am absolutely not not focused on whether I'm feeling good all the time about stuff because there are incredibly frustrating and challenging days. Uh, they they massively outnumber the the like really up and about super duper we had a win days yeah. at the moment at the yes. moment and it changes these things mm. change some sometimes you have a good run and and sometimes you have a terrible terrible run but by divorcing myself from that um, it doesn't matter how many bad days in a row we have I'm, I'm not going anywhere nothing's going to change in in my in my day-to-day so i think generally speaking i i, I feel very pur- purposeful in my day i never have a i never have a crisis about whether i'm doing the right thing or doing what i need to do mm. but the truth is and you know if you want to do this kind of thing properly it's challenging more often than it's rewarding and even when you have wins a lot mm. of the time when you know what's going on really uh, you understand the scale of what's not happening. So, yeah, we've got a couple of people work. We've got a couple of people in a place. You know, a couple of people aren't going to have these, you know, serious mental health challenges. There's two and a half million people still to go. So exactly. you kind of go, that's great. But if I don't want to spend too much time patting myself on the back for this, we've got a lot more work to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good perspective to have. And I think sometimes we we want to reach happiness and joy so often that we forget about the actual things that are going on and and the real perspectives. So I think that is actually a really good take on that. Um, You did talk, though, a little bit about, you know, sometimes you have those wins and and those rewarding moments. Are there any standout moments or I don't know if we want to call them highlights, but a few moments that maybe stand out in your mind that you've had during your time as the founder of uh, the JBM Project? I think that I spend a bit of time trying to only let the kinds of moments that validate the the most challenging aspects of the work, like they're the only ones I really try to let feel good so that mm. I'm never try, kind of tricked. If it was up to me, I'd just be hanging out with kids all day, kicking the <laughs> footy. You know what I mean? Just doing that sort of work. I've always really loved it. I've done it my whole life, you know, but I'm also very aware that my, the best opportunity for me to help those kids is not actually to be there and kicking the footy with them. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got to, I've got to run this, this infrastructure and, and push this forward at the back here. So I get that time from, you know, being uncle Josh to, uh, you know, my goddaughters and my friends, kids and doing that. So I, 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 I try not to let the positive moments like that at work mm. over-index so that I, I can f- 
can stay away from being gently pulled towards doing less effective but more enjoyable work. So the things that make me feel good and the kind of highlights, standout moments for me have always been about the things where, um, for instance, in the last week, and I mean, I don't really talk about this stuff, you know, publicly, I don't, I don't post these messages and I don't tell everyone about it, but, you know, getting, getting messages from people um, or having people pop up, uh, you know, to the office, you know, before lockdown stuff and be like, hey, you know, like we, we've been doing things or we did stuff 10 years ago and now I'm running a, a, re- a little real estate agency and thanks for, thanks for showing up and doing the bits and pieces. And I go, that's, I, I take a minute and go, fantastic, 10 years. That's the time, that's the minimum timeline that I, you know, want to be looking at for everything all mm-hmm. the time, you know, not, I did a thing and someone said, thank you. And oh my God, I feel so grateful. I got a, I got a message the other day from a guy. I was like, yeah, four years ago we did this work and you know, now I'm doing this and it's fantastic. And I just want to say, thanks, man. And you know, you did all this stuff and I've, you know, I found these photos of us when we were doing it and you know, I really made it. And I go, great, four years, you know, good. I'll, and yeah. I'll take a second to be like, this is why you focus on these things where you don't get that feedback immediately. You know, you don't, I don't know when the next four or five, 10 year feedback is going to come, That's but it. it's not about what happens in, in that moment. Four years ago, I didn't get that same, you know, instant gratification no. for it. You had to wait that long and you had to do such a good job four years ago that it still, that it made a difference four years later. Mm. And so those are the highlights for me. It's always those things that come up like, you know, two years ago, this, four years ago, this, 10 years ago, this, you know, eight years ago, this. Those are the things that that I take the time to feel really good about. And even when I get memories like popping up, you know, it's like, oh, 12 years ago, you were in this community doing this work with these people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. I forget that I've been at it for so long. I take a little moment and go, that's good. That's a highlight. Like good on you for, you know, sticking it out and not just bandwagoning your way into something that's in the zeitgeist at the moment to get some <laughs> attention and some backpats, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you've got your, you've got your reps in and you, and that's why, that's why you are where you are, you know? So those are the things that are the highlights for me, I think. Yeah. I think it's good. You take your moment and then you move on and you keep going. So Let's talk a little bit about the concept of just being nice. So we'll take it a little bit away from the organisation specifically and just this concept of being nice, which I find a little strange to refer to as a concept because I feel mm-hmm. like it's just something that we should all be. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to know whether you feel like it's something that is just instinctual, that it is just a fabric of who we are as humans, or is it a little bit more that you can practise being nice, that you can maybe not be so nice and then become much nicer over time working on yourself and working on that practice? I think that it, it is uh, a practice um, mm. like any, like any practice. It, it, it's, you never, you're never a hundred percent nice. Um, just like you're never a hundred percent a yogi that knows everything, you know, it's an <laughs> ongoing evolution always. Uh, we make a distinction the reason it's called the Just Be Nice Project was because I wanted to pick something at the beginning that everyone could do. Non-verbal 18-month-old or 12-month-old kid can be nicer. You know, a 70-year-old, you know, person in a nursing home can be nicer. We can both be nicer. There's always an opportunity to be nicer. It really is the entry level. Uh, and if everyone was just a bit nicer, then things would, would, would move a little bit easier in the world. But... I also make a distinction between being nice and doing good. So mm-hmm. 
being nice is a practice. It's about how you carry yourself in the world. It is entirely based on you and how you do things. And people have different ideas about being nice. Uh, some people, you know, the maybe think you need to be cool to be kind. Some people think you can't be nice and swear. Obviously, we don't agree with that, you know, but that's, that's <laughs> people have these, people mm-hmm. have these kinds of notions of what being nice is. And it's about how you control yourself in space and around people. But doing good is about the other person. So if I give you a sandwich, that's me being nice. It's not necessarily me doing good because your problem isn't solved. You might not have needed a sandwich. You might not have wanted a sandwich. (laughs) And where we where we struggle in in our conversations is say you've done good when it's when the person or the or or the organization or whatever the people you're working with achieve an outcome. That's when you've done good. If you're just doing something because it's important for you to carry yourself that way, saying please and thank you, Mm. you know, giving someone a little chop out, pushing someone's car off the road when they're stuck, whatever, that's just being nice. That's just you being nice. And we should always be nice. That's, Mm -hmm. and that's entirely within your own control. But doing good requires you to understand the circumstances, needs uh, of another person and meeting those. It's not about what you decide is good or not good. You have, they have to get somewhere. So everyone can be nicer through a practice of just trying to always take the higher ground, consider what they're doing, you know, have a bit more respect, have a little bit more uh, understanding and, 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 and hold up a kind of character-led model of what the best version of themselves looks like. But if you then want to do good, there is no point just doing random bits of niceness mm. without anyone ever getting better, without anyone else ever receiving a full outcome to do good you have to be focused on whether the 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 entity or the person that you're trying to help gets better I mean obviously as you said the two have to kind of measure up and line up but you're right I think there's a lot of people out there being nice but when it comes to actually doing good there's a huge difference and I would think gap there between that and the nice elements so I was wondering the work that you do, I guess getting a little bit personal, um, how the work that you've done with the JBN project has helped you overcome any challenges in your life? Yeah, I mean, that's um, it's a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, when I think about whether my work has helped me overcome challenges, whether it's just continually introduced new challenges in my mm. life at the same rate that I'm, <laughs> that I'm overcoming <laughs> them, <laughs> Um you know, I I think that it's. I think the JBM project is probably, uh, and and the, and the way that it is, and, and and everything that sort of has gone into the creation of it, is is probably a bit of a result of o- overcoming challenges and 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 trying to understand how other people might overcome challenges. Mm. I think we we over index individual experience in this space um, in general, uh, people people overcome something or have an epiphanous moment and then immediately just try and uh, ex- expand their own epiphany to, to be this universally useful thing. And I always think that the if you've gone through tough times, if you've, if you've had challenges, the, the real gift of a challenging time is that it should open your eyes to the fact that other people have challenging times. Mm. And at least as challenging as your own, if not more, and to then pay attention to the things around you that allowed you to navigate and successfully 
get through those challenging times and then understand that probably uh, other people need at least that as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whether the JBM project has helped me overcome challenges, I think potentially the fact that I have a, a a vision that's so much bigger than me that I that I'm able to push my own challenges to the side in aid of like whatever the bare minimum of 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 achieving these very challenging outcomes is that I'm going to have to endure some things. Mm. I think that you know perhaps it gives me a little bit of a focus. But even before the JBM project, you know, which is I think like seven years old or something, but I've always had that vision anyway, and it's kind of helped me through. Um, I. I think the challenging times were were helped mostly by the fact that in the environment I was I've always been surrounded by just enough help to get me through mm. and and that then my aspiration for everyone is that they at least have enough help to get them through and so it's always been about for me paying attention to the things around me that allowed me to then l- take the steps and do the th- do the things and do the hard work, not just say, I did X, Y, Z, therefore that's how I endured. Like I endured off the back of a lot of luck, off a lot of, lot of support, off a lot of, you know, fortune that, that I had nothing to do with. I mean, being born in Australia is one for a start. You know, it's, you can't do this. You know, I have worked overseas and to, to walk into a slum in Manila and tell them that they could do what I do is, is ludicrous. Mm. They haven't. They don't have anywhere near the level of of opportunities to do that stuff, or or to you know be in Zimbabwe and they don't even have a currency. When I was there, the you know the, the currency doesn't even function in the country. I mean, mm. to then say, oh, if you just tried harder or you innovated, yeah. it's ridiculous and it's insulting. And it so, is. you know, I, I've always paid attention to those things and been fortunate that that the environments I've been in have obviously, you know, by virtue of where I am now and, and how I am just been enough to keep me in the game and and so for me I want I aspire for that and more for everybody else we're coming to the end of the podcast which is a shame but we always like to sum up what we've spoken about today so Josh how do you love the shit out of the work that you do with the JBN project I love the shit out of it because you know it is uh for me I think it's the it's the future of of what we should have as aspirations as human beings that that we should really i love the shit out of the concept of raising the 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 floor for people and so that you know off the back of a hundred years of industrial and economic progress that the fact that you can still be homeless that you can still be uneducated that you can still not have enough food anywhere on the planet to me means that we are failing massively and so i love the shit out of the idea of raising the 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 worst that could happen to you as a human being right up to the point where you're housed you're educated you've you've got economic opportunity your mental health good you've got community you're getting your daily calories met that all of that stuff the worst that could happen to you is that and yeah at the top sure maybe whatever go earn 200 billion dollars good on you like whatever i think it's you know not necessary Mm. but i think at the very least if we're going to have people earning 200 billion dollars or being worth that much that you know i just love the shit out of the idea of that everyone else the 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 floor should raise up at least to the point where no one's being left behind at that level and uh for me that's that's incredibly motivating and uh it's i mean it's obviously an enormous goal that i am unlikely to see happen in my lifetime but if i can drive that kind of change that that sets the wheels in motion for that you know perhaps 
in the in the lifetime of my children or my grandchildren, then then I'll consider that I've done a done a good job. And and so, you know, I love the idea of that. I think it's a it's a it's a massive opportunity. It's a massive challenge. And so I'll, I'll never be bored, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll never run out of things to do. So, what other things do you love the shit out of in your life? Oh, eating. Drinking, good friends, good times. You know, I'm a pretty simple guy. I love to read. I love to, uh, you know, the same things. Uh, you know, eat, eat, fish and chips on the beach, and a and a good book, and a glass of and a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, as the case may be. You know, from time to time, and uh, meals with friends and good conversation. Uh, it's the same sort of stuff that I think people all over the all over the world have, have appreciated for millennia. So I I, uh, I love the shit out of just you know good people and and uh and good food and good times and and good and a good book and and uh, and winning would probably be the other thing i love to be a very competitive person i love to get active and i love to compete and i love to try and win and and uh, do that sort of stuff so yeah i, I, I love all of that busy kinds of activities <laughs> yeah, beautiful hey it's all about the simple things so that's right i'm with you on those so final question what are the best ways for people to get in touch with you and the jbn project yeah, you can uh, you can hit me up on uh, all the socials. Uh, JBN project, just be nice projects. That's one word. I think that's all on that's on all of the all of the uh, Facebook and Instagram and, and LinkedIn and stuff. Uh, Josh Reed Jones, R E I D, uh, Josh Reed Jones, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever. Uh, emails and stuff. There's sign up forms online. You can jump on. We've got like a how to help page on the JBN webpage. You can subscribe. You can send an email you can put your hand up you can nominate things so it's all there and, and you can say g'day uh on any of the platforms and we generally get do our best to get back to people pretty quickly as well so yeah all right well thank you so much for being on the podcast josh and thank you for doing uh the wonderful work that you're doing with the jbm project i can see that you are making a difference and i think you know keep out that vision because as you said even if it doesn't change fully in your lifetime what you're doing can set up people um you know for the future so well done thanks so much i appreciate it thanks for having me on and good on you for always uh, spreading the good vibes and putting <laughs> the good messages out there and 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 uh doing a great job yourself as well we need we need uh we need more sally ann's around definitely oh thanks josh cheers cheers 